welcome to the Business Benchmark Group podcast, where you'll learn how to think strategically about your business and discover that while business is not easy, it doesn't need to be hard. With over 20 years experience in turning stalling businesses into thriving enterprises, here is your host, Stefan Kazakis, the founder and CEO of Business Benchmark Group. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to season number two of Tradies Out, proudly presented by Business Benchmark Group. And again, we're uh, we're here to discuss all things trade, all things construction, all things as it relates to this um, ever-growing and, and absolutely busting at the seams industry within Australia and New Zealand. Just an amazing, an amazing um, purple patch, as we call it. However, being busy doesn't always rhyme with being rich. So uh, we're going to uh, definitely unpack here today the the challenges, the uh, the, the common challenges that are uh, certainly coming with us as it relates to 2022 and the elevation as to uh, holy moly, what am I doing about this? And and no and no doubt the uh, the challenge of materials, the cost of materials, the cost of doing business, let alone finding people, holding on to people, let alone attracting. And um, certainly looking at your business across various models as to how we can ultimately deliver on the uh, on, on the goods and the uh, and the work ahead of us. So there's some real interesting challenges, and and, and look, it's it's in main media right now. It's there's no surprises as it relates to are we getting the best juice from our squeeze in our trade based business. So throughout the trade hour, please feel free to go in the uh, in the chat and and, and drop a uh, drop drop a line, drop a drop a question, ensure that we're getting to understand what is important to you. And again, over the next six weeks in season number two, we're going to be continuously bringing guests and and ultimately expert voices to the room to ensure every one of us in our trade-based and construction-based business is a little more aware, a little more educated, and ultimately serving our curiosity as to what's important. And what is can what cannot be non-negotiable as to our thinking over the next uh, six to 12, 18 months. No further ado, I want to introduce our guest here tonight, uh, Matthew Adams from uh, Trady Raps. He, he was a, a major feature in our in our season number one. Matthew works is a go-to uh, business as it relates to trady based businesses getting their cars and their vans and ultimately their their pride of joy um, unwrapped and their brands are demonstrated on the roads every other day. He works with anywhere between 30 to 40 trade-based businesses and uh, is an exceptional, exceptional uh, uh, benchmark as it relates to uh, trady wraps and vehicles being uh, a phenomenal, a phenomenal vehicle to uh, first impressions. And we want to hear more about how that's going for you, Matt, in this in this early stage of 2022, and what you're hearing on the ground from these amazing uh, business owners who are certainly uh, singing from the same tune as it relates to opportunity and challenges. And um, Nigel, Nigel Gorman from um, Aussie Painters Network, a network that has over 5,000 5, members um, throughout Australia, from east to west, west to south, and and, and so forth, as it relates to painters and and, and peripheral uh, trades throughout Australia. So. Great to have um, Nigel on board with us here tonight uh, to uh, to share how he's seeing the uh, the platform, the roadmap, and the uh, and, and the business called trades and construction, particularly in a peripheral in a peripheral industry such as painting. Nigel, welcome and thank you for uh, making your time here today. Um, how are you? Um, how are you finding the start of twenty twenty two? And what do you see as the upside and, and to a certain degree the continued challenge as it relates to trades? Yeah, hi, Stefan, and um, thanks for having me. Um, look, the biggest thing at the moment, you know, right across the board with everyone is staff. 
and staff retention, uh, trying to find staff. Obviously, everyone is absolutely flat out at the moment. And, and yeah, trying to keep your staff is, is the biggest one. Everyone's happy to pay an extra few dollars, so that's staff retention. And how do you, um, how do you again, from a place of, hey, I need help, you've got 5,000-odd members and, and there's another part of your uh, your business that looks after 14,000 trade base. Some are sole traders, some are running teams of 20, 30, 40 painters and, and so forth. How are yep. you dealing with, again, the influx of, um, you know, I don't know what to do. I'm frustrated about this. For the first time ever, I've got so much work, but I just can't get enough man hours, women hours on the tools to deliver the work as we've promised. How are you? I mean, what is the constant you know, pushback to those that are coming to you on a daily, hourly basis as to what they could be doing? Well, the biggest thing is where to market. Um, our biggest suggestion is, look, with the way that the industry is, if you've got that much work, Put up your prices so at least you you know when you're going to go and win some work, you're going to get it. Spend more time um, checking out your potential clients, making sure that, you know, don't go out and do a quote for someone that's just what a tire kicker. Basically, you know, pre-qualify them. Spend your time making sure that, hey, you know, if you're wanting me to come and do the quote, if you're talking about um, you, you're needing the work done next week and you've got a, a workload that's going to see you, busy for the next eight weeks, find out what the needs are of, of your clients because otherwise the, the spending time of pay when you make money. At the end of the day, it's like any trade. They make money actually, and particularly painting, you're making money putting product onto substrates. You're not making money running around chasing quotes. I love that. And, and, and you know, it's... Um we, we, we constantly say it here at Business Benchmark Group, you know, not every dollar sold and or delivered is the same. Mm. And, and we have a real opportunity to just take a step back, particularly in this in this time of extreme opportunity. <clears throat> like there's plenty of work out there, let's say, and, and, there, and there's not enough time and or resources to get around. So this is an this is a opportunity, opportunity for which step back, review, reflect. Are we working with the right customers? Can we learn to say no? I mean, if you've got a, a, a considered level of resources, wouldn't you rather be busy doing work for the right customer, the right job at the right margin? So I love where you're going with that. And, and, and what does it take to build, build that confidence to start saying no as it relates to your members, Nigel? What do you, what do you again, you're asking to go back and pre-qualify, maybe slow it down a bit, get a little more curious, but what else does it take to build the confidence? You know, you're a small business owner, let's call it, and you're in trades and you've always been used to chasing tail and chasing the next job. What is the number one factor as far as you're concerned to help your customers build the courage of saying no? Okay, your biggest one um, would have to be understand your break-even rate. Know exactly what it is costing you to run your business. Because if you, if you don't have that idea, you've got no hope of understanding how to actually price your work. So take a backwards step, because years gone by, guys have just rolled and rolled and rolled from job to job. Now they've got that opportunity to actually take that step back, work on their business, spend a little bit more time on that rather than working in their business. That's probably one of the biggest ones. Yeah, fantastic. And again, you know, you can do things right or you can do things wrong. It takes just as much time. So slowing down, building that confidence 
of being an owner in your business versus being, in your case, Nigel, with your members. You can either be the best painter in your business or you can be the best owner of a painting contracting business. And the skill sets and the tools needed for both are very different. And I feel, you know, for many of us, and, and trade specifically, and what we see across Australia and New Zealand, a business benchmark group, is the opportunity to just slow it down enough and ensure that, you know, you, you're at the right pace, heading in the right direction, understanding your numbers, you know, your break even as you just said it. Because every decision we make in our business is no doubt, no doubt going to be a number somewhere on a scoreboard. Your job as an owner of your business is to slow it down enough to understand, is it working or is it not working? Really, really yep. important stuff. Love that. Matthew, um, thank you for being here this afternoon and uh, your, your, your wisdom and your experience dealing with tradies, again, across all different all different shapes, sizes and industries within the trades and construction. It is so cool to have you here this afternoon. Um, how's business for you? How did, um, how did the year kick off for you? Yeah, well, thanks, Stefan. The, um, this year is it's just going gangbusters. Um, we came back to Kwadu to work in January and that's only just continued on. Um, there's just there's a lot of work out there for our type of business and mostly tradies and they're all doing quite well. And uh, we've had a few, you know, dramas with uh, staffing just uh, due to COVID and, you know, isolation or staff getting COVID. Um, I think there's only been about five days this year where we've been fully staffed up. So that, you know, provides challenges um, in the ability to deliver what's promised and then, you know, to overcome that, we need to adjust what our promise actually is. Um, but, yeah, it's a good start, a few few sort of speed humps, but we're getting there. Oh, fantastic. And, and again, you know, that whole... There's no doubt the start of the year and the dodging of the Omicron bullets was alive and well, and to a certain degree, it's still lingering, albeit it feels <laughs> as I, it feels like we're getting back in some control um, as it relates to the isolation and the uh, and, and the self isolation. But I guess um, you know when you think about your business, when you think about your clients, and you're and you're constantly talking to business owners who are running some amazing and fast growth. Uh, businesses, you know, they've gone from one vehicle to two vehicles to five vehicles and so forth within the space of 12 months. What, what is the common, how are you assessing the opportunity that is 2022 for trade-based business? How are you assessing it and what are you, what are you establishing as if we could just do this better, it will definitely mean this is a breakthrough year for many businesses? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I suppose it's about delivery like how do we deliver you know in a shorter period of time for our clients how do we deliver you know overcoming the supply issues um staffing issues you know I've, i think you know today we dealt with you know a carpenter a plumber an auto electrician um and you know and they're they're facing the same problems you know a carpenter that that we know he's just had to go and rent a huge factory so he can stockpile timber um, to keep, you know, to be able to actually deliver what he's able to sell. Um, now, of course, that's a, a huge extra cost to his business. Um, and no doubt going forward, that has to be built into his pricing. Um, but, you know, a lot of, I think a lot of construction businesses are suffering from that lag of, you know, the quoting a number of months back and then the prices changing. Um, 
you know, there's been a lot of suffering in that area. Yeah, and, and I guess, you know, the, the reality is what you quoted in October or November that you might be given a green light at today, and if you're a trade and or construction-based business, whatever you quoted in October, November, that you're now asked to deliver on, that, that margin and the scope creep has certainly changed. There is no two ways that the difference in what it will actually cost you today and definitely in the next three months to deliver that same work that you quoted is going to be anywhere between 3 to 6% different. So in your, in your experience, Matt, what do you recommend as it relates to how you could circumvent losing margin or, or you know, being busy for the sake of being busy? What do you recommend as it relates to um, um, trade-based businesses altering their, the expectation that they should be doing the job and losing money? Well, I think the, um, I mean, it's difficult for some of the carpenters because, you know, they, they're on fixed price contracts, especially, you know, when mortgages are involved in that. Um, but I think it's, it's a good opportunity to really tighten your business. You know, you just said three to six percent. And so almost any business should be able to really tighten up by three to six percent on, you know, their, their labor efficiencies or, you know, cutting down wastage of materials and that just with a little bit of effort. And that, you know, that's going to be the difference between, you know, losing money on a job, breaking even or maybe making some money. And it's, it's really, and, you know, that sort of thing would take your business, you know, into the future that now that you actually understand the cost of materials going forward into a, a zone of profit that you've probably never been in before. Um, yeah, and we're def- and we're definitely in a zone, and, and Nigel, I'll, I'll invite you into this conversation too. Now, we're definitely in a period where many many trade based businesses, typically around that one to five million dollar range of, of business level, where um, we're sort of caught up in um, being price shocked. Like you know, there's 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 competition out there that's willing to buy a job, unbeknown to them. They're actually going to get busy in a time where they don't need to be busy doing the wrong type of job. Um, we had a client this afternoon that sh- shot across a message and they said, look, we typically win the jobs of this customer, but they just come to us and we quoted a, they're a bricklaying business, a really good bricklaying business, and and, and, and their quote was at $257,000. And their competition or the, or the customer says, look, you're going to have to be around $245,000 to be uh, considered. And it's like... What do you think I should do? And, and in that case, it's not exactly what he or they should do, but what we all need to do. Go back and establish the three most important things for why a customer wants to buy from you. And if one of the top three things is just price, if price is in the top three or definitely in the top two, you have a choice. Now, you could be busy delivering something that's not going to make break even, if I use Nigel's words, or, or making money. And literally, you are definitely squeezing every day. You're squeezing, but there's no juice. You're just working harder, hoping that you're going to be better or further ahead. But all you're doing, it's a false economy. You're just bringing cash in and it's going out. So in that case, I said, look, in reality, it's about 43 4.6% difference between what they're asking you to consider as a price versus your your best price 
go back to them and just get curious as to over the last 10 jobs, what were the three most important things to them working with you that demonstrate value? And I can guarantee you when you ask them to consider what were the three most important things as a builder receiving excellent work, excellent communication on time and on budget and a little bit more than what you promised, it's got nothing to do with price. It's got to do with the schedule of the next trades coming through. And for that particular trade, no different to, to painters and no different to many of your customers, Matt. You know, the ability to be part of a schedule that's ruthless right now is, is the most valuable thing. And cheap, try paying cheap right now and see what you get, right? Yeah. And that also goes for all our businesses, right? The way we do business today, which I look at three key things, your team, technology, and your community of customers and suppliers. To me, these are the three big ones in 2022. And team, it's got nothing to do with are there enough people out there to work on my team. It's got to do with you, the owner and the leader, considering how can I do this differently? What's going to make my business the attraction, the attraction to be attracting the talent that we need? So you will need to reconsider the way you do your business. Why? Because when it's all done and dusted, you don't need to be the cheapest, but you definitely need to have the integrity and the congruency of your word. And communication needs to be up. Now, with a broad brush, when you think about trades and construction business, this is a broad brush, right? This is like a, a generalization. How good are trade-based and construction-based businesses in communicating? Typically, the notion is they're not that good. So think about how easy and how cheap elevated standards of communication are in your business and how that separates you from being the cheapest. Because good businesses communicate. Great businesses make it a standard, right? And it's so cheap to bring that DNA and culture into your business. Nigel, again, you know, <coughs> you're, you're at the forefront of so many so many um, calls and, and dear Danny, can you help me with this and help me with that situations? I mean, you're dealing with 14,000 yep. across Australia. Yep. What are your views on price and being cheap in today's world? Look, I think it comes back to what you just mentioned a second ago or back there. You've got your, your tradie who's great at his trade and then you've got the business side aspect. And your biggest thing is trying to get them to understand that, I mean, as painters, I'm obviously talking from the painting, and you can generalise that across all construction, but to remember that they're business people in the industry that they're in. They're not necessarily, they can be the best painter in the world, but if they can't sell themselves for that value, um, then why are they in business? Whereas, you, you, you know, you can have, I'll say average you know, good painters, but average painters, but if they sell themselves and they can excel, then the painters get the time to actually do a higher quality job because the client's happy to pay for that. So there's a there's a trade-off there. But once again, it all comes back to that sales and actually thinking of yourself as a business person in the industry that you're actually in. And and there's also that piece that, you know, we we are definitely in a 
in a jam right now as it relates to I don't have enough people, I don't know where to go to get enough people. Do I go and get more apprentices? Do I go and get more mature? I don't, do I get 407s? Do I sponsor people in and, and go that way? But there's also this other conversation that's worth considering. And the conversation looks like, feels like, what if we offered four-day weeks for the same money? What would that do in an, in, in an industry? Now, as an owner, you would really need to think this through because the business is still open for business five, five and a half days a week. But the rotation schedule, the 40 hours, ultimately for your full-timers, is a four-day week. What does that do for someone that currently is on a team that's getting their back broken, working six days a week, and it's unrelentless. How do you now create a rotating structure schedule to attract that? So that, again, how do you think through a solution for your small business may need you to think differently. And the beautiful thing about business, it's an intellectual sport. And how you make decisions in your business, it will always lead to the results. And the results are either going to be positive or not so positive. Just remember, you made that decision. So thinking time and business owner time, as we call it a business benchmark group, is critical to your constant, how do I solve this problem? If we couldn't fail, what would that look like? And putting yourself in a position where you can think outside the box. What does that mean? What does that look like? And how do you restrict yourself from being the busiest person in the business? Operators get tired. Owners get rich. How do you bring that into your business? How do you ensure you're elevating the one, two, three, four people in your business to be future leaders? How do you help them make true, true strategic decisions with you as to this is the pathway, this is where we're going, and the juice is worth the squeeze? So when you think about how do we expand our thinking, how do we change the way we think? It doesn't mean it's it's the way we need to go, but by allowing yourself no glass ceilings, where does that actually take you in your trade and construction business right now, anywhere in Australia and New Zealand? Where does it take you? See, business is a thinking person sport. Nothing more, nothing less. Matt, what do you have yeah, to say? Yeah, well, it, it's really interesting because, you know, we've had this, started having a, a, a strong thought and some discussion about the four-day week and, and, you know, initially my thought was that, well, you know, I wouldn't get the four-day week. <laughs> I would still be here five days. Um, but then, you know, when you start to sort of map it out and you look at it as not only solving a, like a staff, you know, lifestyle type issue and making yourself attractive to, you know, people in the industry who would want to work a four-day week, but what you just said then about having the opportunity to grow leaders, right? So if I took the four-day week myself as well, that means there's a day where my staff have to operate the business and in, you know, just one day at a time. It's not like I'm going off for three months. Just one day at a time to, to get their head around, to grow, to step up in that sort of leadership and decision-making um, and, you know, what could go wrong in one day? <laughs> not, not much if you just step them into it, of course. And, but the, the spin off from that is, is that you're growing leaders that can, that could run your business for a week, a month, three months, whatever. 
Um, and it's and like you say, it's it's a thinking man's game, and or thinking person's game, and and just just because of looking at the idea of creating something that would be attractive to staff coming into your business or attractive to staff in your business has can just takes that next level of a spin off of, of growing leaders. Well, the, the truth is, and we've got a couple more minutes to go for today's Tradies Out. Thank you, everybody, for being here. Um, Tradies Out here every Monday afternoon. This is the second season, first first session here tonight. We go over six uh, sessions throughout the next six weeks. So please join us every Monday afternoon at 4.30. We look forward to, again, just ripping, chiming and, and having a bit of fun as well as just stretching our brain to think a little further and, and, and further ahead. I feel... I feel that in a changing world where there is a common problem, any time there is a common problem, there is a minority that has the opportunity to break through. And sometimes to break through, Matt and, Nor- and, and, and Nigel, you've got to be prepared to break apart, break apart from the way it's been. Start thinking about what could be the solution for which I'm probably one in 10 businesses having a crack at this and practice. Like literally, before you actually go and do it, create some perfect practice, role play it with your team over the next four weeks. What does it look like if we were rotating a four-day week within this current team and Jack and Frida and Martha and, and Sam were a leader every other week and you were still there, Matt, in that case? What, what is it that you can't solve over the next four, six weeks practising that in a perfect sort of way that progresses the idea to, holy shit, not much went wrong. And once you start gaining the confidence of that, start elevating the attraction model. See, marketing and sales is not just about customers. The most important customer in your business is your team because if they truly belong, and you are giving them an opportunity to belong to something that's going somewhere for which we're all in it together, that is the marketing of future talent. Even when times are tough and tight, it's your job to think differently and make it a proposition. So it isn't practice makes perfect, it's perfect practice that makes perfect. So practice, role play. Run it through as if, you know, this is the way we're going in the next four to six weeks. Let's see what can go wrong and is it okay? Are we okay to live with what can go wrong? Because I guarantee you, Matt, Nigel and your collective and and and, and, and conclusive um, customers and members that you guys work with and our magnificent LinkedIn audience, the what can go wrong if you actually deliberate and brainstorm that in practice, no different to a pre-season before an AFL season or an NRL season, they are practising a new game. Because if they turn up trying to do the same thing that they did last year, the opposition will eat them alive, absolutely eat them alive. So everyone's in pre-season for the next season. What are we doing in our own trade and construction business, regardless how big it is? And you have a choice. You could be the best tradesperson operator in your business or you could be the best owner of your trade-based business. The choice is always yours. And if you ain't leading, no one is following. That's the brutal truth.
Nigel, thank you for being here. Thanks, As a parting shot, what do you want to leave us with? Well, probably the, the, the biggest thing is learn to run your business, not let the business run you. That's probably the biggest thing, actually having an understanding of your business and making sure that you um, are heading the right way with it. And, and, that, and that could be perceived for many who are in a little bit of a jam on how, oh, yeah, what do you know about my business? My business is different, right? So, Matt, how do you speak to, as a parting shot, my business? You've got no idea about my business. My business is different. What's your parting shot? Yeah, well, ultimately, you know, all our businesses are the same. You know, I talk to so many different businesses. We've all got the same issues. Um, and, you know, the issues are just little speed humps you've got to get over to get to where you're going. So, you know, they will pass. The COVID issues will pass. Um, everyone is very understanding about those sort of things and just stay positive. Things will get better. You know, we could be in a worse situation with no work um, and it's just a matter of just keeping at it. Isn't that interesting? We get two types of problems in business, either too much work and not enough time or not enough work and no cash. Which one do you prefer? You know what I mean? So... Thank you, everybody. Trady Hour, back and running, season number two. Welcome. Welcome, everybody. Look forward to seeing you next week. Please stay tuned. Look forward to uh, you, you, you joining us next week at the Trady Hour, 4.30 on a Monday afternoon. For more information about Business Benchmark Group's coaching, education, and training programs, visit businessbenchmarkgroup.com.au or call 03-9001-0878. If you liked this podcast, please rate it on iTunes, Stitcher or SoundCloud and leave feedback as well. Stefan shares so much value in all his podcasts and we encourage you to go through the archives and listen to other episodes of the Business Benchmark Group podcast. Thank you for listening.